Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. Let's drink them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. You know that, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman, but seven more years than I thought I'd be journeying when I went to Princeton. So I will take it. And by the way, it led to all these other jobs I have, which aren't even jobs. I'm in my garage right now talking with you about football. It is awesome. I absolutely love this podcast. Love that we're here in July because for the first time, we are going to now look forward. Highly recommend all of you. If you missed any episodes, go back and check out what we just did. Nobody else talks about every single draft choice, 250 some dudes, and then the best undrafted free agent for each team. And Emery, my co-host, he ends up talking about five undrafted free agents for each team because he's just that good. Check him out on social media at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And then the draft guide is like, you need to have it right here with you while you're sitting here watching the preseason games so that when the guy that you've never heard of from Weber State has an 80-yard run, has some juice, and you're like, who is this guy? Emery has the guy. Yes, Emery. I, Ross, I got to say this because I'm glad you brought that up because right now we're in CFL season. One of the edge rushers I was high on, had a high grade on, was an undrafted rookie out of Texas A&M Commerce, did not get a sniff at the NFL level postseason, right? You know, in the offseason, no undrafted free agent invite, no rookie minicap, nothing. Week Three in the in the CFL, Celestine Hobb out of Texas A&M Commerce, three and a half sacks in his third game, starting as an undrafted rookie up north. You know how impossible that is, and that is who's already the, the leading sacker right now in the CFL. Crazy, but he's in the draft guy. And also, what Ross picked up is just a a, a, a sample. The draft guide is a PDF, guys. It is not. A full, bro, you don't know how many times I get emails like my book hadn't arrived because it's not a book. I have to charge you a thousand bucks 
you know, if it was a physical book. It's a PDF. Check email. <laughs> uh, you can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Love today's guest. Love, love, love for a bunch of different reasons. Check him out on social media. His name is Mike Renner. Check him out at Mike Renner underscore. Used to be with Pro Football Focus for a long time. Was their college guy. Now he's uh, with a partner with Underdog Fantasy, Notre Dame grad. Um, I like that he asks the important questions on social media. Like, because I've been here multiple times when you're in a when you're at a coffee shop like a Starbucks and you're working there, but then you have to go to the bathroom. What's the etiquette? And the answer is, Mike. It'd be nice if I felt like we lived in a society where you can just leave your computer there and go to the bathroom and come back and it'll still be there. And some people do that, but I'm not that trusting of a person, I guess. And my computer is too important to me. So I pack it up. What really annoys me is I pack it up to go to the bathroom and I come back out. Somebody might be in my seat. Uh, That's the part that really bothers me. Anyway, Mike asked the important question. That's the thing. I so obviously you said uh, you said this doesn't feel like a job. I don't have a job now, so I have to grind tape from a coffee shop instead of the office at PFF like I used to. And I drink a lot of coffee and I drink a lot of water, so I'm peeing like once an hour. And, and peeing once an hour, <laughs> packing up everything once every hour, having to come back, I look crazy. So that's why I had to ask it. I'm like, what do I do here? But yeah, I'm going to keep having to pack it up. No, listen, Mike. Yeah, I, I saw that tweet either you and i was dialing because i just had this experience but what i've always done um has been you know you size up the place when you walk in so you know logistically where i'm sitting at either in the corner by the outlet you know some of these places mm-hmm. don't have they strategically put outlets where they don't want you to sit so i'm sitting where there's an outlet nine times in the corner i know there's going to be some obstacles to get past that and i still feel like i'm athletic enough I want you to try to take my laptop because I'm going to chase you down and then I'm going to beat you up, right? So you have to – all of that is going on. So I feel confident I'm going to leave my laptop. I'm going to take my drink, though, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to either cover it up or I'm going to go throw it away and buy a new one because I'm not going to leave that there. But I I know you're not going to take my laptop or my briefcase because I can still run you down. And it's going to be tough for you to get out of here because I'm strategically placed in the corner. So there are some options you have. You know, See, if I was um, athletic, so I'd do that, but I- I don't trust myself tracking anyone down at this point. If I'm being honest, guys, if I'm being honest, if I just have to pee, I just leave my stuff out. But it's if I have to poop. That's the problem. You, no, Ross, you ain't pooping in no public place. Don't even put that on oh, there. Oh, dude, if, I'm, if it's like I'm there for a couple hours before I pick up my daughters at their school because it's right across from their school, like I don't have a choice. Like Starbucks, Starbucks actually has nice bathrooms. You know what I do? I take a Yeti wherever I go. I take one of these things because I drink water like Mike does out of these things. I leave this out there. No no one, like, it, it saves my spot. What, are they going to steal a yet? Really? Like, you're going to steal this? You, you want to be sucking on my straw that I suck on all night? Like, you're going to steal this? No, you're not. So, anyway, that's what I do. And to Emery's point, I don't dream about chasing people down. I might daydream from time to time about somebody stealing something or pushing my wife, not real hard, like, but like hard enough that I can like smash her head into a wall and see what happens. Like that, that I have the legal right 
to take action because that's what I miss most about football. Not the money, not the camaraderie. I miss hitting people as hard as I can. That's what I enjoy. Yes, Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that I just I I don't want to get physical with anyone. So that's that's why I didn't make it to the league, probably. Mike, were you an athlete at, at all at Notre Dame? I was not, no. So you so you got in Notre Dame solely based on your academic qualifications. That's impressive. Yes. I, yeah, that I, is good, man. Not that a lot is other really good. Me, so. <laughs> That's not easy to do at all. Um, and the reason why he's so smart, and I know he's so smart, is because he's awesome when it comes to breaking down prospects. Mike, there's a lot of good quarterbacks next year. Like, people are talking about Caleb Williams and Drake May. Which, by the way, can we start with that? Are they really that much better than C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young? Because a year ago, when it was Kenny Pickett and the gang and Malik Willis, it was next year. I mean, Bryce Young and, and, and C.J. Stroud would be 1-2 this year. Wait till next year. And then Emory and I talk about this all the time. Then this year comes around, and it's like, yeah, Bryce Young's really not that good. Stroud is Ohio State. They, those quarterbacks say, the real guys are next year. Caleb Miller, we, Caleb Williams, Drake, we do this every year. So the, statistically, there is a 50% chance that, that next year's class will be better, right? On average, like uh, there is one, one will be better. But I will say, I, I mean, they did go wire to wire last year, right? Like everyone was saying Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, one, two. And then you know, the year prior, every mock draft, whatever, come draft time, they go one, two. So I, so I do think those guys were tremendous prospects in their own right. And I wasn't like knocking them in that regard. I still had them in that caliber of prospect. But I think when you talk about Drake May and Caleb Williams, you're thinking of guys in the Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence caliber, where it's like, you get these, you don't have to worry about, you get guys like that. You don't really have to worry about your franchise quarterback the next 10 years. There's not really like if they fail, everyone's going to be surprised. You know, Bryce Young has, you know, the height or whatever tr- that if he fails, it's like, yeah, you could point to that. Uh, CJ Stroud has the Ohio state factor. It's like, Oh, no one's translated from that offense to the NFL yet. These guys I think are different animals just in terms of physical ability already, how they performed on a football field and then NFL translatability and the tools that they have. So is it saying in another way is, there was questions about Bryce Young, primarily size-related. Questions about C.J. Stroud. Is it fair to say, Mike, the difference between these two guys is there really aren't questions that people have about them? Cleaner, yes. Much cleaner in that regard. That's probably the best way to put it is that the things that you point to about these guys that you're worrying about are very minor, like, like very minor. And I think that was Bryce Young too. True. So I had him as in that kind of caliber of prospect about everything just besides the height. But these two guys, I mean, Caleb Williams may be the most physically gifted in terms of like the trio of arm talent, like arm strength and ability to throw on the move, accuracy and mobility. He might be as good as you'll see as a prospect. It really is elite in all three of those regards. And then Drake May, he reminds me a lot of, a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, that he's just such a natural quarterback and that he understands if I pump fake here, I move this linebacker, I go behind him. Like He he just like feels like a guy who's probably been playing quarterback since he was five years old uh, and just understands the position inside and out. Emery, 
Mike, uh, two things. Oh, Number one is, I have said for 20 years now, if I ever wanted to play football at recess or in my backyard, which is right here, I would take Roethlisberger. Hey, I, the, I mean, he, now towards the end of his career, he got a little bit better at like knowing where to go with the ball and and throwing it out on time. But, dude, that guy went a straight 10 years dropping back and being like, all right, <laughs> like, who's open? And it worked. I mean, like, who does that in the NFL, Emery? Yeah, it's, it's Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson in terms of, like, hey, man, like, we out here just playing football. Fire completions. And by any means necessary, fire completions, get first downs. Uh, I wanted to ask, Mike, when you, you know, with all of this, it's funny because we, we all watch these prospects. We all see what happens. And we all see the fight between, you know, scouts that are either anonymously out there and I hate to say draft Twitter, but draft Twitter and, and draft media. Why are there such egregious misses? Like, and what should be painfully obvious to everyone, like uh, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, how does the Mitch Trubisky go first? Like, it seems like that should have been a layup that these two guys were great. How do you uh, – can you explain why are there so many egregious misses with something that should be so painfully obvious at that position? I truly, I truly can't. I, I think it comes back to uh, probably a couple things. One being that there's all almost too much information and that there's an information overload and that the tape kind of gets lost in the ability to, you know, analyze things every which way nowadays. And the second thing is that, the quarterback position is an absolute crapshoot with the offenses you see at the collegiate level to the NFL. Like what Texas Tech was running back in the Patrick Mahomes days, there was still that stigma of this offense won't translate to the NFL. Air raid quarterbacks going to the NFL. And I think that's obviously lessened with the NFL looking more like the air raid, you know, incorporating more of those concepts, looking more like college football did five to 10 years ago. Uh, but I, I do think it, it's still that's like probably the biggest part of it is that people are diff, people struggle to sort of uh, isolate the variables that matter and kind of push by the wayside the things that really don't, especially at the quarterback position. That's such a complex position. And, and following up with that is like I'm, I'm unique in a sense that I only have to, you know, coordinate and collaborate with myself. So. If I say this quarterback is the best, I don't have to – We there's no consensus, right? But mm-hmm. you used to work at a place where you, you guys put out consensus. And we know that the NFL is essentially a consensus where you have a bunch of scouts that kind of funnel up to the GM. How hard is it for you if you're – say, if you feel like this player A is great, but the other four people around you say, mm, he's like my QB6. He's like, man, this I, no, this dude is my QB1. How how frustrating is that? Because I because you can't really get a good answer from a scout because they still work at the at the place, yeah. right? But how frustrating is that for you if you feel strongly about player A, but the consensus is that player A is really you know QB five or six? 
Yeah, so I, I had kind of that last year. Like, I was very high on Stanford's Tanner McKee. I had him as QB5, which, like, and, like, a borderline, like, an early day two grade on him. And, obviously, he goes in the sixth round. Not Like, I was kind of out on an island on that. And when I heard other people's opinions, like, when that is the case, that is something that makes me go back to the drawing board and say, okay, why, like, what am I missing here? What could be wrong here? And in a lot of cases, you know, I'll see it and I'll be like, oh, you know, Maybe I was a little bit too high. Maybe it comes down. But with Andrew McKee, I went back, I watched, and I was like, I think the Stanford offense is really holding him back. I think he has uh, incredible footwork. I think his accuracy is some of the best in his class. And I'd go to bat for him as a guy who could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And the starting quarterback in the NFL should probably be drafted in the top 50 picks somewhere. So uh, that was a guy that, you know, I think it makes you challenge, challenges you, makes you go back to the drawing board and look. But you still have to trust your eyes, still have to trust what you believe in as a scout and as an evaluator. Uh, and so that's how I kind of deal with that. Like I do take into account others' opinions, maybe not necessarily the consensus board, but people I trust who are good evaluators, I take into account their opinions. And if they're vastly different, it will make me reevaluate, but it doesn't mean I'm going to necessarily agree with that because of that. And you got to be able to sit and wait. Cause I remember I had a take like that with Carson Wentz and, you know, initially everybody jumped down my throat about what I said about Wentz and where I had him as a fourth-round talent, right, fourth-round grade. So sometimes you got to sit and wait and be willing to sit and wait. You kind of fast-forward, you like, kind of was a fourth-round type talent that kind of got elevated. So uh, you're McKee. not the place for sit and wait. Twitter is not going to let you sit and wait. Don't don't (laughs) worry about your McKee take because in the end, I had a take like that with P.J. Walker where – you had to see him in another league before people realize, oh, this dude can play. So it's like, you know, you're right. Twitter's not the place for that. But I want to because I because I see that you are willing to stand on what you see and what you believe. And that's something that's impressive about you as an evaluator, as a person, but also what is needed out there. If you're going to be wrong, it's best to be wrong by yourself. But you also can't be quickly. I got to reevaluate my entire process because this one guy went in round six as opposed to round one. Well, you do have to reevaluate your entire process if you don't go to westshorehome.com slash Ross and get a free estimate so you can get in the next best ball draft at DraftKings with me and Joe Dolan, westshorehome.com slash Ross. All right, so Mike, let's talk about some of the other quarterbacks because there's actually a decent amount of other guys out there that are good. Um, You know, I haven't even seen this guy listed as a prospect. I mean, I, I know Devin Leary and these other guys at different places. What What about Sam Hartman? I mean, the guy's just been good forever. I know you're the Notre Dame guy. I mean, there's a reason why Notre Dame wanted him. Uh, what? I, I I guess he can't really run, right? That, but he he's not that bad. Hartman is kind of in that Kellen Mond mold of the guy who is just nails in college. You would love him any era. You would love a quarterback like that who throws an accurate deep ball, who makes good decisions with the football, who has good pocket presence, good poise. But, man, his arm is not up to snuff. And there's just areas where at the NFL level and obviously not uh, on the shorter side for the position too, areas where at the NFL level it's just going to get a lot harder for him. You you can't live on go balls alone in the league. You know, Joe Burrows comes about as close as you can to living on go balls alone, but it's also because he's the most accurate quarterback in the league when he's not missing any throws that he's making. So Hartman's not quite to me at that level of him. So he's, 
he's a fringe draftable prospect from what I've seen at Wake Forest. Now, hopefully he proves me wrong in Notre Dame and starts shooting up draft boards. I wouldn't hate that at all. Trust me. But I, I just <laughs> have not seen it yet with him. Is there a, is there like a third and fourth quarterback you really like, Sam, uh, Mike? To me, the guy who I think is third uh, at this point, so obviously Drake Mayfield Williams, uh, are your one and two, whatever word you want to put him in. But to me, Bo Nix, Oregon, what he did last year was night and day from the guy we saw at Auburn. Like, I, if he makes that same leap, I, I don't think there's any guy I'd call first rounder after those top two at this point. Uh, but if he makes that same leap that he did from year three to year four, now into year 40, year five, because somehow he's going to be a five-year starter because that's the new normal in college football, he's going to be a first rounder because the tools are there. This guy can move. He has a hose. Uh, he protected the football so much better this past season. I was very impressed with that and just not making those, you know, Bo Nix decisions we came to know and hate at Auburn that Auburn fans lamented for so many years. I, I thought he was so much better as process there. And I'll also highlight another Pac-12 quarterback in Michael Penix Jr. I think he, if he didn't have the multiple ACL tears, would be a guy who could work his way into the first round now. That's because obviously scare teams away. And the left-handedness always looks weird. But he's got a hose for a lefty. Like, this ain't no Tua Tonga Mailoa situation. He can actually spin it down the football field as a guy who wants to attack down the football field. I believe he had one of the higher average depth targets in college football last year. Uh, I'm very impressed with what he did. Obviously, going dating back to his time in Indiana, but obviously didn't get to see the field much there with all the injuries. Now, Washington, he repeats that and builds on that into this next season. I think he's comfortably going to be a top four quarterback in this draft class. Emery, I know he had a really good year, but if you told Auburn fans that Bo Nix was going to go in the first round, they would stab you in the heart. Like that, I mean, that's a really interesting question, Emery. Because you watch what the guy does now. But like all those crazy turnovers and decisions, there's like years of that. I He needs to play clean this year. Because then if he has two years like that, I feel like that he made the right decision going back to school, Emery. Because if it was just a one-year thing in Oregon, people would still be very skeptical of all the stuff at Auburn. But if he does it two years like that, Oregon, it's like, oh, okay, it's two, it wasn't just a one-year thing. This is actually who he is. First of all, all the Auburn fans, you know, didn't watch anything past the Georgia game. It was like, see, I told y'all, look at Bo Nix. You know, doing Bo Nix stuff. And he shut off the rest of the season, right? So it'll be fascinating to see if he can stack back-to-back years, just like Michael Penix. But when you talk about, you know, average depth of target, there is going to be no one in college football, probably history. Because I use this this term in all of my scouting reports at time at, at times for different quarterbacks Tecmo Bowl like arm strength Bazooka Joe Milton right no one can legitimately go from end zone to end zone with the pass than Jamaica Joe right I hope he's Jamaican because Jamaica Joe will be an awesome (laughs) Joe Milton right but I'm gonna go with Bazooka Joe so when you think of everybody say Anthony Richardson he's not the athlete Anthony Richardson you know is in terms of running but they're talking about that in terms of the jump if he can do what Hendon Hooker did this year, how high can Joe Milton go in the draft? He can be a top five pick. As soon as you said average at the target, I knew where you were going. Like he is, he, he plays quarterback. Like it's a throwing show. Like he's like show an arm showcase because he's never seen, you know, a deep post, a deep go. They just, 
wanted to turn down, that didn't have a step of separation that he was going to be like, now let me hit my check down. He's got an absolute cannon. I mean, in terms of arm strength of quarterbacks, even in college and the NFL, I'd put him at one. He has, he has throws on his tape that go about 75 yards in the air that it just flicks it. I mean, he said, I think he even said in an interview, he's like, when I think about throwing it hard, I don't get it as far when I just let it go, it goes farther. So uh, truly a one arm talent. As you mentioned, like the guy can run too. He's a big dude. He has all the tools in the world. And I was very impressed with, you know, from his time at Michigan to then it obviously started at Tennessee, I believe back in 20, 20 was it or 2021 before Hendon kind of took over. And then obviously Hendon this past year, but he was, he was very inaccurate, had a lot of work to do at the quarterback position when he kind of spelled Hendon Hooker. And obviously at the end of the year, he looked much improved. And so if we see that continued upward trajectory, this guy could be that caliber prospect, but there is still a long way to go for him. There is another guy though, that I think is very toolsy that could also work his way. Maybe not into that caliber, but Cam Ward from Washington state. Those are the two guys that I'm most intrigued to see this year. Joe Milton, and Cam Ward. He's not as big as Joe Milton, but he has a real quick release that can spin at any level of the football field. Those two guys are the two that it's like kind of sleeping giants that if they really kind of figure it out this season can work their way into really high draft picks. And I don't, Mike, I don't nobody, nobody likes Cam Ward more than Emery. So <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to tell him on that. Emery, you got 20 seconds. What do you got? Keep an eye on Shadur Sanders. I don't know how much Jackson State film you watched, uh, but Shadur is – Excellent. And I'd be interested to see how he does now at the P5 level. He's very also, sound by the way, for, go ahead, Mike. He's very technically sound for a sophomore. I, I was very impressed watching his tape. His arm's not the caliber of Ward or Milton, but I, I'm excited to see what he does at Colorado. And we didn't even get to any other position, but there are guys that would have been the first pick at their position this year, like Marvin Harrison Jr. at wide receiver, Brock Bowers at tight end. We'll get to those guys in the subsequent weeks. Make sure you check him out on social media. He's a stud. Love to have him on the show. Mike Renner underscore. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. He is at F-Ball Game Plan. The keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.